Welcome to At the Table, a play reading series, brought to you by Charging Moose Media. This week, we are sitting down with the playwright of The Breakup, Sarah May Tucson. Be sure to listen to her fantastic play and our interview with the cast on previous episodes. Enjoy! We are so excited to be here this afternoon slash this evening where you are. Friends, please welcome Sarah May Tucson to the podcast. Hi. How, how you are doing? you guys? I'm good. How's the quarantine pandemic treating you? You know. Uh, we're making a podcast. <laughs> that's how that's how it's treating us. Excellent. <laughs> uh, how about you? How are you? Where are you? Where are you, Sarah May? Well, I'm at the moment in West Yorkshire in the UK with my folks. So that's that's nice. They're very kindly putting up with us and we're you know, I've got a little baby boy and my husband and I have decided to come up here and and now they, I, I think it's, we, I don't know if we'd be able to get back into London where our flat is, because it seems like mm. they're kind of, um, I mean, not to, not to bring the, the, no, it's the mood okay. down. We're happy. This is happening. It this is the like, world. Yeah. My brother was saying that um, they're stopping people in their cars. And like, if you're not, you know, if you, you're only allowed to go to the shop. You're not supposed to go anywhere else. So it's kind of like, oh, can I get back to my flat? I don't know. So I guess my parents are stuck with me <laughs> for a while. Sarah May, you said you're living in London normally. What is your what is life when we're not socially isolated like for you? Where are you? What are you? Well, Who are you? What when am are I? you? What am I? Um, well, okay. So what am I? I am a human woman. Heck yeah. Great. That's how I identify. Great. As a she. And I'm a writer, editor, podcast producer, lives in London ordinarily. Um, when I'm not sponging off the folks, eating my mom's mac and cheese, because yes. it is so mm. good. Yes. Mm. Mom mac and cheese is always good. It's the best, right? I mean, yes. So, yeah. So I've been, um, I'd started a little indie podcast company. That's what I've bit, mostly been focusing on the past f- four years. And we do like serial podcast stories and we do different ones every time. And they take me a really long time to do. I, d- I spend like four years on each series. So the first series was... Um, called The Sugar Baby Confessionals. It's quite saucy. Um, It's true. It's a true life story. We won a British Podcast Award for it, which was... Amazing! Really cool. That's Um, fantastic. And we'll have a link to it up on our website when uh, listeners go. Yeah. Well, uh, the latest one that I'm doing now that I just started releasing has Stephen Bloody Fry in it. (gasps) That's amazing! That's amazing! I still don't believe that that actually happened because it was just, it would just seem so unreal. And um, he was very kind and generous. Basically what that part this season is, is all about an author that I adore called Georgia Hare, who is like a Regency romance queen. Um, And it's very funny and witty, but everybody sort of thinks that she's kind of like a Mills and Boone. They kind of write her off and the covers to her books don't do them any favors, to be honest with you. So my whole mission with this podcast was to A have like a cinematic mystery across the whole thing where why haven't her books been turned into films? Cause we've got so many, you know, Jane Austen's out there, you know, Pride and Prejudice, like 8 million versions. And B, I wanted to try and convert new people. And also just to like tell, talk about her life a bit. But this, it's about so many things. It's got like, it's about writing, the art of writing, all this kind of thing. Cause I, so every week, A, I'll do an interview with a writer or someone who adores her. So it'll be like Stephen Fry, Joanne Harris, who wrote Chocolat. Yeah. Um, Emma Darwin, who's Darwin's great, 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 great granddaughter, also a writer. And um, then week B will be um, where we do like a book club episode. So you can join in, you can like read the book. And then I try and convert people who've never heard of her, never read her. Some of them never like read 
romance or anything um but i'm gonna i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna do half the season then take a break and do another half but yeah so that's what i've been doing what is your podcast company called let's shout them out for all the listeners um fable gazers fable gazers yeah. awesome name great name i just realized sarah may and rachel uh uh you are our first uh international playwright on wow. the pod really yes Yes, I just yeah. realized I was thinking back through the, the playwrights we've had and everyone's been United States based. Happy hello. I was looking through it and I was listening to you. Yeah, and I, I didn't see anyone, but I just thought I hadn't gone back far enough. But mm, OK, it, no, we <laughs> were waiting done. for you. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about where this particular play came from? Where, uh, when did you write this? What was the impetus for doing so? <laughs> I wrote this quite a while ago and it was just funny, like... I, you guys will understand this because it was just for fun. There's like an open mic comedy night in London and it's really good fun. You can just turn up. And I had friends who were doing stand-up comedy at the time. And I just thought I had this stupid idea and I was just like, it would just be super fun to kind of see it performed. And I, I didn't, at that stage, I just got a bunch of friends together and because we didn't have enough actors, we, I, I took part as well, but I was just, I, I can't even remember what I was doing. And we actually had one, my cousin played the chandelier, believe it or not. And it was just, I mean, the fun part was in the rehearsals, you know, because we were just sure. fooling around and being idiots, as you would imagine with the, the quality of this particular sketch, which re listeners will hear when they hear it. Um, and actually performing it was like, it was almost like underwhelming because we were kind of like, oh, it's, it's over in like five minutes or something or whatever it was. So, um, you know. We read through the play twice in <laughs> under 20 minutes. We're like, oh, well, we're exactly. done. Let's, um, let's do it again. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you enjoy, I hope you have as much fun you know, messing around with it as we did because it's it's really stupid. <laughs> it's really silly. We, we had a blast with it. And also at the table, we haven't done a true comedy in a long time. Yeah. We do a lot of, uh, uh, we've done funny pieces, but, but we did one true comedy a few years ago called Troop 54. And uh, other than that, we hadn't done like a true written to be a comedy piece. And as soon as I got it, I texted Rachel being like, I'm in, this is it. We got a <laughs> true comedy, here we go. I'm so glad that you thought it was funny and not stupid because I was I was kind of that's the thing about humor it's so subjective isn't it and I mean like someone could look at that and, and go what what's wrong with you <laughs> but um yeah I think there's a, there's an importance uh to that kind of work when things like this are happening in the world I think there's something really of value we were talking right at the beginning I don't remember if we were on mic yet but um Ned said, you know, we had a couple of folks in the cast who had just come off of this, a couple different um, British sex farces, like uh, actors who'd done the play that goes wrong and um, uh, a couple of shows sort of in that same uh, genre. Vain. And like, there's something really freeing in that, uh, uh, you know, not to get too, uh, uh, too deep into the, like the psychology of why that hits right now. But for me, like that hits different right now, getting to do like a, an eight page play about three women in love with the same, <laughs> the, the same, just terrible human of a, terrible of a man. They're all pretty terrible though. Let's be, let's be fair. <laughs> oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Um, except for the chandelier, just fighting the good fight. Yeah, the chandelier is killing it. That's why I gave that plum roll to my cousin, who you know she she really blew everyone away. Let's she stole the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And that that cousin uh, was Helen Mirren. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Wow. Now, um, 
moving slightly away, but not very far away uh, in terms of comforts in the world, I'd like to transition to a favorite topic here at, at the table and talk a little bit about comfort foods. Is there a particular, you've already mentioned mom's mac and cheese, and I think that's probably a game changer for a lot of people. Yes. Um, what, what's been your go-to in this quarantine with your folks? I guess it would be like, I don't know, there's just so, I'm, I love food. I'm not a good cook. That's all right. Mm. Hence, my mother's mac and cheese is like, sure. um, everything that she's cooking actually is just delicious. She made like a sausage pie the other day. It's just basically potatoes and sausages, but it's so, I mean, potatoes, In. I would say potatoes, actually mash. Mash is my comfort food. Mm. I could eat mash all the live long day and be quite happy. Sure. Sure. I'm basic. I'm a really basic person. No, that's an incredibly <laughs> wonderful answer. I also think that answer doesn't doesn't read as basic for American li- listeners in the same way. Nobody has said that's, mashed potatoes here yeah. on this podcast, and we ask this question all the time. Oh, really? Of okay. everyone. Mm. Yeah, so congrats. I will say our two Brit actors uh, uh, aren't here anymore, but one of them is uh, a dear friend that I've known since we were both baby children just out of college, and um, he's from London. So a lot of my 20s was experiencing what I think is one of the United Kingdom's greatest gifts to the world, which is your junk food. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would, I would sell anything in this apartment for a lion bar right now. Oh yeah. Including that, that partner of yours. He would understand. He'd understand (laughs) a case of lions. Yeah. We have this, these, um, we call them crisps in, in the UK. Um, Chips, I guess, in the in the potato state. chips, yeah, chips, potato chips. Um, and they're the most disgusting things. They're called knickknacks, and they're the oh, this I cheesy. Love knick-knacks. I love knickknacks. God, I love knickknacks. Oh. Knickknacks, come on, and your hat, your fingers stink afterwards because you're just like covered in this. Like I used, to, I lived in London only for a semester of university, uh, and I ate so many knickknacks. <laughs> You just all knickknacked up. <laughs> you guys also have my shout out to, to to British junk food, which is kind of a backwards shout out to American junk food. Is you still have the fried apple pie at McDonald's for a pound? Oh, oh yeah, whereas, we don't do uh, that anymore. There was a health there was a health craze here in the states, and they they moved them to the baked apple pie. And the baked apple pie is not as good as the fried apple pie that you can still get in McDonald's in England. Yeah, wow. And uh, there was one on my walk home from the tube to my apartment, and I got one daily. Every single day. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Back when McDonald's was still open. Now you should put in the sound effect of like a, a barren <laughs> wasteland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the like howling a howling wind of <laughs> yeah, tumbleweed. Yeah, absolutely. Sarah May, uh, do you have anything uh, either in the pipeline, we already talked about your podcast company, but anything um, either happening now or that was happening that maybe got paused or something you are got coming up that you want to talk about, shout out, things like that? Well, I really did a little bit here today, which is the podcast. It's still going. Um, if so, if people want to go back and listen from episode one with Stephen Fry, it's an amazing interview. Uh, not because of me. I barely kept it together. So you want to hear me barely keeping it together and Stephen Fry just being incredibly intelligent and amazing and just thank God I know about George Hair because that's the only point where I could hold my own like mildly. But um, I think barely yes. holding on in an interview with Stephen Fry is like, is passing with flying colors. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's just listen to his mellifluous voice and you'll be, <laughs> you know, but I hope that other, I hope that people will also like join the book club because we've got time guys. We've got time to read. And let me tell you something. If you 
read a George Hay book, one of the good ones, there are a few duds, I guarantee, and even in this harsh wasteland hellscape that we find ourselves in, your life will be 25.5% better. I guarantee. So what's the best one that our listeners should pick up and read after they get off this interview? What's the one? Wow. You know, I've, I keep I keep asking this of people. And in one of the and in one of the interviews, actually, with um, Harriet Evans, who's another really good, great author, Sunday Times bestseller. She has a primo Georgette list that she has. So you can you can go if you listen to that interview, you can go and then there's a link to that. But my personal favorite is called Venetia. It's very gorgeous, swoony, very funny. If you like sort of P.G. Woodhouse, um, or, um, you know, those kind of comedy of manners and wit and you like Jane Austen, it's that kind of vibe. So if you're, if you're into that, if you want to like escape from everything to do with the pandemic, then go and get Venetia, Arabella, Cotillion, um, Theros, Daughter. They're all wonderful. Amazing. I will do this. Just, I need a new yes, good book. You, do it. I now have a reading list. Yep, this is perfect. Um, and we will, again, we will have links to um, uh, this podcast uh, and possibly, I don't know, I don't put up the list, uh, the links, so I could say we have links to everything, but we have we'll links, have to, links to all sorts of things on our website. On our website, <laughs> so go check them out. Um, uh, is there anything that you would like to talk about in the midst of all of this craziness? Anything that's keeping you sane or uh, uh, that you feel like is you're, you're, you're not hearing in the narrative of what people are talking about. Is there anything uh, keeping you afloat? Yes. Yeah. There is. It's a very important topic that no one is talking about. It's, it's that the pandemic is a gendered problem. Have you noticed how my hair looks? I had to cut my hair. This, I had to cut my own hair. I look like, for people who are listening, I look like Doc from Back to the Future. For people who are listening, she does not look like Doc. <laughs> she does not look like <laughs> Doc from Back to the Future. <laughs> and I think that us women are getting the raw deal. I mean, and not even, like, not even so much me, but, like, for people who go to, like, the salon and actually take care of themselves, you know, and get, like, nail things done and things waxed and all of that, that, you know, I think, I, I want people to think about that, you know? <laughs> I'm liking it. I'm liking aspects of it. My hair is too long and that's not great, but like, I'm feeling very sort of like primal. I like not really shaving my legs, not really. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have a picture of that up on the website for everyone who wants to take a look. I'm going to blame the pandemic for all my, you know, the, the hairy armpits and oh, all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of our favorite um, comedians um, slash actors who's been uh, on the podcast in the past, uh, Liz Wasser, tweeted the other day that week two of the pandemic, haven't shaved my legs in months. <laughs> I just think it's so, <laughs> such a solid yes. joke. Just brilliant. That's good. That's, um, there you go. Well, th I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I think people should should uh, should consider... How I mean, have you noticed? I'm just, you know, every time they've got people on, on the news, you know, like they've got some guest and they're coming in from their house, you know, because they're being, you know, sensible and social distancing. And slowly but surely as the weeks go on, everyone's hair is like their roots are showing, their eyebrows are like getting into like a unibrow and, and they're getting paler, pastier. I mean, I was always pasty, so I mean... <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> I'm already there. You know? But it's time for house calls. House calls. That's the new. If you're if you're a, a, a salon hairdresser, if you're a barber, you can make a lot of money making house calls. No, right you now. shouldn't be you're doing not allowed. that. You're not allowed to. You'll get. You'll you'll be a carrier. You'll be like, 
Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary, exactly. Yeah. Because you, unfortunately, you have to be within six feet of someone to cut their hair. I don't know if you That's know this. That's true. I was trying to think if there was a way to make that to get around that. Like Imagine use like use like big clippers. shear clippers. <laughs> you could like maybe one of those hedge clippers, you know, from like yeah. Really far away. Or maybe you you tell the person like move it, move it to the left. Okay, no, no, to the right, to the right. <laughs> Guided haircuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could do that from your home, though, couldn't you? There you go. We've just started a new cottage industry. New business. This is great. We new will business. never have to podcast ever again. This is <laughs> this is our million. We're going to teach people to cut hair through a podcast, which is a really bad idea. But here I we mean, go. And as you can see, it works very well. <laughs> you look fabulous. You look fabulous. You are doing I'm, I'm your best. Flicking my 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 weird jagged curls. <laughs> you look beautiful, and you're keeping a literal child Thank alive. You. you deserve all of the That's, praise in the world, and you're creating true. fun Correct. art during it. So, like, you're winning. You're fully Thanks. winning. Toads, toads. Um, we're so so glad to have had you here today. Thank you so much for taking the time Thank and for letting you. us record your blast of a show. Genuinely did not ever think anyone would be foolish slash foresightful enough, question mark, to do this. So have at it, guys. I'm I'm so excited to see what you do with it. I hope to hear back from you once it's been released to know if we were foolish or foresightful. <laughs> uh, I think I know which already, but... <laughs> Thank you so, so much for taking the time. If you would like any more information on our play or our playwright, you can go to our website. Ned, what is that website? It is chargingmoosemedia.com slash at the table podcast. You can also find us on social media at at the table plays everywhere. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will see you really soon next week. Yeah. Next week, we think we haven't decided the release schedule. So uh, don't hold us to that once they're releasing. It's a quarantine. You'll be home. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to At the Table, a play reading series produced by Charging Moose Media. Our artistic director and senior producer is Rachel Flynn. Editor is Ned Donovan. Associate producer is Megan Bagala. Music by Marcus Thorne Bagala. Special thanks to our playwright, Sarah May Tucson. If you'd like to know more about our show, you can find us online at chargingmoosemedia.com slash atthetablepodcast or on social media at atthetableplays. See you next time.